Welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna Show. I'm Dr. Deanna Holdren, your host. Join me weekly as I cover various health-related lifestyle medicine topics that you get to request. This show is for anyone who wants to proactively improve their health position. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today and uh, learning a little bit about a topic called SIBO. Uh, SIBO stands for Small Intestinal Bacterial Overgrowth, and that's our topic uh, for today. Uh, This is a problem that affects a lot of people, and uh, many people have this issue, and they maybe don't even realize that that is their problem. So basically, what is SIBO, Small Intestinal Bacterial Overgrowth? How do we uh, end up getting it? And then what can we do to basically treat it or or help get a response uh, so that we can have a healthier life and a healthier gut? Well, first of all, what happens with SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, is that there's oftentimes too much bacteria in your small intestine and the bacteria kind of get out of balance. So I want you to think a little bit about uh, bacteria. Think back to high school science, for example, or maybe college science or something like that. And you can remember the um, sugar auger plates that you maybe took uh, that that had a, a sugar medium uh, that then you would spread bacteria on there and the bacteria would grow. So bacteria oftentimes are actually being fed by sugar. Uh, it's a food source for the bacteria. And so basically, this is something that can kind of contribute to this bacterial overgrowth. Now, If you've listened to the past podcast, you've heard us talk a lot about um, just the importance of probiotics and just healthy gut and how instrumental a healthy gut is to our overall health. Because not only is our immune system, a a majority of our immune system is located in the gut, uh, but also we make healthy neurotransmitters, things that allow us to feel joy. Uh, You know, sometimes if people are, are having a tremendous amount of anxiety, it could also be a gut problem. And there are just so many things going on in the gut. Uh, and, you know, even when you think about, you know, how we feel things, you, you've heard the, the phrase so many times, uh, what was a gut feeling, right? Because that is truly where we feel things in the gut because of a lot of those neurotransmitters and a lot of the things that are happening there. So when, when people have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or this overgrowth of the bad bacteria, that's one way you can think about it. Some of the symptoms that they might have, most of the time they will end up with diarrhea. Uh, fatigue uh, is another big symptom. So diarrhea and fatigue are, are two of the biggies. Um, they might have bloating or just, you know, excess gas. Uh, there's some skin manifestations of this. Sometimes people will have uh, more eczema. They might have rosacea, uh, depression, asthma, acne, uh, various skin rashes, as I mentioned already. They could have joint pain. They might have some weight loss with it. Uh, certainly malnutrition would be a part of it because things are moving through uh, at you know a, a more rapid rate and they're not able to absorb the nutrients from their food. Uh, nausea and then bloating is a big one. Uh, bloating uh, or even uh, belching uh, could be associated with this. So it all sounds horrible, right? It's definitely something that you don't want to have. And I bet that somebody's listening and they're going, oh my gosh, she's describing me. I'm struggling with this problem. Okay, so what do you do? Well, first of all, before we talk about what to do, let's talk about 
how it happens. Okay. What is going on that causes this? And basically, um, it usually starts when the small intestine does not move food uh, along the way, uh, the way that it should. Okay. So the small intestine is not moving food through, maybe not at the rate that it should. And so that's when we end up having this bacterial overgrowth because it's basically sitting there. This bacteria from food, uh, you know, is is sitting there and it, it's sticking around too long and it just starts to grow uh, and, and develop. And what happens is if the good bacteria that help to digest the food can't keep up with this harmful bad bacteria, uh, then then that harmful bad bacteria starts to multiply way too fast. So there are certain risks, certain things that people might have that would put them at an increased risk for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. One of those things is actually age. And as we age, uh, something interesting happens. We actually have a decrease in our gastric acid. So for a lot of people, as they're aging, they might add Add in a hydrochloric acid supplement just to help with digestion of their food. Oftentimes, they would would maybe take the supplement uh, with meals, and um, you know that can really help there. Um, another issue that would put somebody at risk would actually be more of an anatomy kind of issue. So, if they have a history of um, diverticulosis, for example, uh, or if perhaps they've had a gastric bypass uh, in the past, um, maybe they've got some scar tissue from previous surgery. So again, I'm, I'm talking about things that would maybe obstruct the movement of food through the GI system or through the small intestine. Uh, maybe they've had an injury uh, to their small intestine at some point in time, or maybe even a blockage. And these are some of the things that, again, you know, are going to be a, a bit of a physical barrier so that things just don't move through as well. There are also certain medical conditions that can put people at an increased risk for developing small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, diabetes would be one of those. And sometimes people who have diabetes, um, their, their uh, digestive system just does not work as well. Uh, Oftentimes, people who have lupus uh, or scleroderma uh, and even inflammatory bowel disease. So uh, there are a variety of inflammatory bowel diseases out there uh, that, again, can contribute to this because things are just not moving through the way that they should. And then finally, another category would be medicine. There are certain medications that actually can 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 set us up for this problem. Uh, one of those would be narcotics. When typically when people are taking an, a, a pain medication, maybe they've had a surgery, uh, any type of narcotic, it's going to slow the transit down. Oftentimes they end up developing constipation uh, because of that. And uh, basically, that's going to put them at a higher risk for developing SIBO. Uh, there are also drugs, certain drugs that are used to treat irritable bowel syndrome that could also slow things down and cause a problem. Uh, also, uh, proton pump inhibitors, which is a very commonly used stomach medicine. It's going to decrease the amount of acid. And again, that's going to end up putting you ultimately at risk for the SIBO. And then finally would be antibiotics. And, you know, so many antibiotics... Uh, that are in use, and then of course, you know, lots of antibiotics in foods, etc., that that can contribute. So, so there are certain tests that you can do to to determine what is going on, and there are a variety of them out there. But primarily for SIBO, uh, you're looking at what we call a methane or hydrogen breath test is commonly used, and what that is is basically you're typically given uh, something to drink, uh, and then every 15 minutes uh, they actually 
you actually blow in a straw and it's a sample of the the the, the air or the breath, okay? Uh, and what they're testing there is the level of methane or the level of hydrogen, because again, um, that would be a gas that that this small intestinal bacteria would be producing, and it would be tested uh, in your breath. Um, you know, if you you know belch and you you know it smells like rotten eggs, that's methane, and that is a problem. Uh, so so that's one of the ways that you can test. There are some other great tests that can kind of look at the bacteria uh, in in the GI system as well. Uh, Genova makes one uh, called NutraVal, and um, the Genova NutraVal test, uh, which a lot of functional medicine providers will use, that uh, can also take a good look and give you a good idea if it's a, a SIBO uh, situation or not. So how do you how do you treat this? What do you do if if this is you and and you know you're saying oh my goodness this is what's you know been causing me to run to the bathroom and and you know you're the person who feels like you always have to know where the restroom is. Uh, so what can you do to get things back in balance? First of all, I want you to know it is treatable. Oftentimes in traditional medicine, it is treated with antibiotics. It sounds strange, I know, but but it, it, it is. It's treated with antibiotics, and that might be something called Zyfaxin. It could be uh, perhaps Flagyl. There are several other uh, you know prescription antibiotics that are used uh, to treat SIBO, but also there are some supplements that you can use. There are actually some natural, uh, you know, herbs that can be used to help bring things back into balance. And I'm just going to list some of those out. There are some studies that show that that um, when you treat it with an antibiotic, that it does, in fact, come back. Uh, and so some people do find that they get better results uh, by by taking care of this, you know, with some of the herbs. And, you know, if if that's you, you know, again, I always say, hey, you can try this. And if it doesn't work, you know, get with a functional medicine provider who can kind of help uh, give you a plan because there's also a full diet that can go along with this uh, to get really good results as well. Uh, but some of those things, first of all, um, you know, you definitely want to decrease the sugar in your diet. Get rid of the sugar because, again, remember, sugar feeds bacteria. Sugar is just bad in so many ways. Uh, but oregano oil is commonly used. Berberine, uh, something called wormwood, uh, something called lemon lemon balm oil as well, and then uh, barberry root extract uh, as well. And I know there are several companies out there. Metagenics is one uh, that has uh, a couple of products uh, called Candibact and AR and BR uh, that are really good for helping to treat um, SIBO. In addition to some of those herbs, uh, people also will want to include probiotics uh, as well, which we've discussed that before. You can go back and listen to our gut health uh, episode, and I talk a lot about probiotics there. And then finally, diet. Okay, diet is really, really important. And you guys, we don't really have time to break down or go fully into the diet that is used for SIBO. But what I will tell you is that there's a phase one, which is typically two weeks time. And during that two weeks, you absolutely avoid uh, what's called FODMAP uh, foods. And basically, you're going to avoid completely uh, fructose, lactose, fructans, galactans, and uh, polyols as well. So there are certain things in the diet, and you can look that up, but it's for two weeks. And then there's a phase two after that uh, to basically just get healing. And so why do we, you know, why is it important? Well, number one, it's important from the symptoms. Those symptoms that I mentioned in the beginning are quite distressing. So, you know, definitely from a symptom standpoint, but then also when people have SIBO, it's 
going to contribute to leaky gut. It's going to cause inflammation along that gut lining and then set up leaky gut, which, you know, there's a whole uh, podcast that I did on leaky gut as well uh, that talks about you know, a lot of the autoimmune issues, uh, arthritis, just a lot of things that happen because of uh, a leaky gut syndrome. And so you'll want to go back and listen to that as well. Um, I hope that this information has been helpful. Uh, you know, we try to to bring you just short clips that can help improve your overall health. And remember, you can request certain topics, certain things that you would love to hear us uh, break down uh, on the podcast. You can go to DeannaHoldren.com and check Check it out there. You, there's a place where you can, uh, you know, ask a question. Uh, also, uh, for more, de- you know, deeper information to go a deeper dive on a lot of these topics, uh, you can look at um, Dr. Deanna's Healing Handbook, which is on also available at DeannaHoldren.com. And some of the supplements that I mentioned, um, you know, can be, you know, you can find those in a variety of places. Uh, you certainly some of those are available on DeannaHoldren.com. Great resources there, uh, and um, just. Thank you so much for joining in today and learning about SIBO. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, visit me at DeannaHoldren.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Deanna Holdren. I really want to hear from you, so message me. I love taking your messages and creating topics from them. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share my show with those who have an interest in health and wellness. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.